This is James Maselli, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Omel are showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. Are you kidding me? By Dylan Ward. Gets topside, Rambo scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. All right, welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk. This is our first episode of Season 3, our first episode in 2021, and our first under the new Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. We have James Maselli here from Epic Lacrosse. He's joining us as our first guest of Season 3. Uh, James played at Adelphi and is the CEO of Epic. James, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How are you doing today? Doing well. We've been talking a lot in the past couple months. Uh, we'll get into the LPG a little bit. Lacrosse Playground is now back. We're going to talk, talk on that a little bit later. Um, but let's start, I guess, at the beginning of your lacrosse career. When did you first get involved in lacrosse? Um, How did you find your way at Adelphi? Yeah, um, we have to go back some time here. Um, <laughs> I was nine years old. And I got a stick for Christmas. Um, it was a uh, it was a quick stick, brown leathers. Um, in fact, uh, Jason Ellison from Tamalax made me a replica about four years ago and sent me one. So I have a replica of the first stick I ever got. Um, but I, I got it on Christmas morning. Um, my dad was a, a lacrosse player. He played at Sawanica High School uh, under Bill Rich, which was legendary X amount of wins in a row. Mm-hmm. And he just always talked about getting sticks for my brother and I. I have an older brother who's 15 months older, uh, LP. Um, and uh, we got sticks that morning and, and I fell in love. I tell my wife, like, that was my first love. Sorry, I can't go back and change it. But um, uh, every day since then, I, I've been involved or talked about or coached or played lacrosse in, in one way or another. That's great. And obviously, uh, you enjoyed your your youth league because you ended up going to Adelphi. How did you manage to, to make your uh, way there? And, and what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So I, I had, you know, my dream school was Syracuse. Um, uh, you know, I grew up watching the Gage, um, grew up watching uh, John Zuberti uh, and that whole crew. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play in the dome. Uh, I wanted to wear the orange, um, but DNA had something else to do with that. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was, probably one of those things where I would have gone and, and worked really hard. And then maybe my senior year I would have played. Um, but I just love the game too much. Um, but we're, you know, while like the gate brothers are like the Michael Jordan for me, that's what I wanted to be. Lacrosse has these kind of unique grassroots heroes. Um, and, and truthfully, um, the Ray brothers um, uh, were, were my idols. And I used to go to Adelphi camps um, and uh, coach Sheehan, um, used to run the camps and you had Gordon Purdy, you had Jeff and Scott Ray, um, and all these, you know, Tom Aiello, all these great Long Island players, uh, that played at Delphi would be there. And, and, and I'd spend summers with them. It felt like, um, and I just, I, I fell in love with the Brown and gold at the time and, and the Panthers. And my dad used to take me to games. Um, I have a poster in my office from 1990 when Syracuse and Delphi played at Manhasset high school. And I remember driving to the game and just, and just watching this and just, and just fell in love. So 
So for me, like Adelphi wasn't like, yeah, you know, Syracuse is my dream, but you know, it's like they always say, you know, shoot for the stars. If you land on the moon, you did okay. Like I was over mm-hmm. the moon. I was, I went to Adelphi and um, it was pretty cool. Cause my brother went there the year before. Um, and my parents were always a, a very strong part of, of my lacrosse uh, you know, involvement. And for them to be able to drive 45 minutes to an hour to come see all my home games and have them there for the tailgates was like added to the experience. So, um, you know, I always say, you know, I would love to play the Syracuse D1 national championship, all that stuff. But Adelphi was the absolute perfect school for me on size, the ability. Um, and listen, a great group of guys won a few national championships and, 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 you know, we still have this group text message and, it's so funny, even on Christmas morning, where people just wishing each other Merry Christmas and stuff. It's it's really cool. Yeah, I think the camaraderie of the lacrosse space is, you know, the community is one of the aspects that I think draws everyone kind of in. You know, me and Adam both went to D3 schools, uh, both came from lacrosse families as well, too. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, moving on from Adelphi, kind of where you kind of came up with the idea for Epic and what was your vision for Epic at the start and how it's kind of grown over the years? Yeah, for sure. So after um, Adelphi, I actually went and worked for NASCAR. Um, I did an internship with NASCAR in their corporate marketing office. And when school ended, it was kind of like an entry-level job. Um, It definitely cost me more money for my monthly train pass, my uh, subway, and my coffee and bagel in the morning than they were actually paying me. But it was an unbelievable experience to be involved in the, the sports marketing side of things. Um, and, and NASCAR was sort of leading the edge on all that. Um, and then after NASCAR, I, I started working for a company called The Wiz, uh, which was kind of like a Best Buy, but it was regionalized to, to Long Island, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Um, most people know The Wiz because it was in the Seinfeld episode, and, and Elaine dated The Wiz. Mm-hmm. So if I bring up people, you usually go, oh, my God, it was Seinfeld. But it was, it was cool. It, it's, it, it, it taught me sort of like hand-to-hand combat of sales. Like, you know, how do you sell um you know a dvd player and tvs and things of that nature um and from there i got picked up to a company called pioneer electronics uh, most people know them from their car stereos i was in the home division selling plasma tvs and and uh, blu-rays and things like that in fact my first day on the job a 50 inch plasma tv was twenty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and my last day on the job about a decade later was about twenty four hundred dollars so, you know, consumer electronics is the only industry in the world where things come out bigger, faster, stronger, and they're less expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but my job at, at, at Pioneer took me from Long Island to Minneapolis um, because Best Buy is, is based here. And so is Target and, and some other uh, companies. Um, and then from there, I moved out to Los Angeles where Pioneer's headquarters, um, USA headquarters was in Long Beach. And I sort of ran... Um, all their national accounts and, you know, I basically ran a sales division. Um, and when I was living in California, the beautiful weather, you know, for, versus New York and Minneapolis, I fell in love with high-end road biking uh, and became enamored with this technology. And, and I'd walk into the local bike store and see all this carbon fiber and, you know, the weight and, and how to put things together. Uh, and I walked into a local Southwell Sports um, uh, and, and I looked at all the sticks and, you know, I hadn't played competitively in a decade, meaning through school, I played in men's leagues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of shocked that, you know, a, a sport that over indexes with, you know, household incomes that are a little bit higher, that we were still playing with like 
cheap aluminum shafts out of Taiwan, you know, plastic heads and a number eight screw. And I was like, wow, nothing's really changed. And, and, you know, as I dug into it, I started looking at Jason markets like golf, bike, tennis, hockey, people were using carbon fiber and, and the, and the products had, you know, performance, you know, improving qualities about them. But in lacrosse, we were still using, you know, I think it, by then the, the biggest advancement was the titanium handle, which happened back in 92, right? So this is, you know, this is quite a bit later and, and there hasn't been much advances. So we started looking into it. I surrounded myself with some engineers um, and we started looking into lacrosse and said, hey, people have tried carbon fiber before. In fact, even when I played, people were introducing uh, sticks uh, that were had aramid uh, type qualities to it. Um, uh, like uh, Kevlar, um, but they just they just weren't very good, and there was one brand in particular that made a big push into it, and but the durability wasn't there. So mm -hmm. in fact, the first year that we were selling composite handles, we had to unsell the previous technologies in order to kind of say, hey, this is what Dragonfly has. That's one of the reasons why we put a one-year warranty on it. It's just basically say, hey, this thing is really really good. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how you know went from you know moving from Long Island to Minneapolis to handle you know, the, the best bike count then out to Los Angeles and then sitting on a beach um, one day with a blue notebook and started writing down the ideas for the, for the company Epic, um, which incidentally, the first name was supposed to be Icon Lacrosse. Mm -hmm. And uh, we worked with a mom and pop agency and they were like, hey, Icon's a great name. And we had like fancy spellings, I-K-O-N with the little dots over the, it was, we were going crazy with the logo. But ultimately, if you Google Icon, you get like 4 billion hits sure. and they're like, you're going to get lost. And that's where my wife came up with the, the name Epic because we were sitting there one day saying, well, what we're doing, this is like a new era. Like this is a whole new era of what we're doing. Like, well, new era is kind of synonymous with baseball hats. You really can't call the brand new era. And um, this word came up E P O C H in the, the, you know, you had sitting there at night on thesaurus and you Googling and uh, we hit the button and the girl in this like beautiful British accent was like epic. And we were like, <laughs> boom, epic. Like kids talk about things being epic. And, and that was it. We locked on it and we never looked back. Yeah, no, that, that's a really cool backstory, kind of the origin story of, of the, the name and whatnot. But let's talk about kind of the growth of epic and, and where you are today. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so after we released, we were just carbon fiber composite shafts. Uh, that's, the, that's where we first entered the marketplace. Um, and we started getting some requests. We started building this like brand affinity. Um, and, the, and the brand is, is predicated around technology and innovation and forward thinking. Um, and, you know, the, the, we progressed into this high-end mesh. Uh, we came out with this mesh called Otter Mesh. And we found is this fiber that had a lower specific gravity, which meant it was lighter. Um, it was hydrophobic, so it didn't absorb water. And this is like the days of like people taking nylon mesh and like going to Yankee candle and like melting, mm -hmm. you know, wax yeah. and creating this wax mesh, which I thought was like the, literally the worst technology in the history of lacrosse um, made everything heavier, but we found this cool thing. We ended up partnering up with string King at the time because they had the looms and they were able to manufacture it for us. Um, and people were like, Hey, well, wow. so here's a shaft and there, you know, the, the follow-up product is this really cool mesh that was like 18 grams lighter. Um, and then they started asking for heads and we worked on a project with uh, flip Nomberg from Rocket Pocket, uh, one of the legends of the game who helped invent the first offset head. Um, and we got together with him and Mike and uh, we came out with the Hawk. And while the Hawk wasn't what I would consider a great commercial success, 
it allowed people to say this company thinks different, right? We're not trying to just copy and, you know, take a head off the shelf and go and 3D scan it and try to put your own sidewalls on it and say, hey, we have a new head. What is basically just a rip off of something else. We were willing to kind of be risky and try some different things. Um, but as it stands today, you know, aside from, from helmets and, and footwear, uh, we offer everything. Um, you know, when we got into protective gear, um, we launched with the NLL and, and gave it to pros right away. Uh, we had players like Ryan Banesh wearing it right out of the gate and it mm -hmm. kind of gave us some street cred. And then we were able to take that to go to some different schools and, and talk to some schools and, and say, hey, you know, this product is being used in box lacrosse and, you know, zero injuries. This is great stuff. And uh, we were able to kind of build off of that. Um, and then uh, we introduced our women's product, which was absolutely game changing with our 15 degree technology. Um, you know, before that, all women's heads were flat and we came out, we said, hey, you know, people want the pocket to be higher. How can we solve that problem? And we came up with the 15 degree technology. Now you see almost every head, you know, trying to copy it or rip it off and claim mm -hmm. it as, oh, new technology. But really the purpose changed the game. Um, and, you know, we signed a, a school like UNC. Um, you know, some, some kind of funny stories, but, you know, UNC called us up and is like, Hey, there's some girls that have shown up these freshmen with this purpose stick, you know, our contract with SDX expired. Do you guys want to, you know, take a shot at this? And we were like, sure. But we didn't have to <laughs> talk to UNC at the time. We didn't have a contract. So we basically sent them some samples and we went out there. We, we, we essentially gave like a dealer pitch of what we talked to a dealer about our technology. And they basically, you know, we, we gave it, we were like, what do you think? And they were like, the girls love the stick. And we ended up winning the bid and, and coach Levy's quote um, was, Hey, you guys were not the highest bidder, but we believe this technology is going to help us win a national championship. Um, and I think everybody recognized it, you know, the way UNC plays, um, you know, they lost a triple overtime game in, in the semifinals to a great Boston college team you know, two years ago, the last time that they, you know, they had a, a final four, but I think everyone realized that this stick is doing something different. Um, mm. And that's why you have all these copycats coming out now. Um, but we've been able to like introduce products along the pathway. And, and our goal is that we want to be able to alpha the team. Um, and we still have some work to do. Um, you know, the, the next phase for us is, is the stuff that goes on top of your head, uh, which is, you know, a really sort of contentious, market you know there's one player that has like over 85 percent share and then you have some other brands that came in but you know we have we have uh, some cool unique ideas and things that we're going to be introducing that we're excited about so for us it's about making the best lacrosse gear using the most technology and outfitting it and today we can outfit um you know uh, except for the helmet and shoes a full team uh, so we're pretty excited about that no, that's great. And I think your, your brand recognition has really been increasing in the past decade as well. Um, I, I know you guys are, you know, now partnered with the PLL, with the NLL, you mentioned some of the college programs as well that you're partnered with in army and UNC and Loyola. Um, and I think Providence is another one you guys added too. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a little bit further though, back, uh, the Zach is Dorn story. I think you told us off pod was a really great one. Um, tell people a little bit about that. You know, he set, set the, the record for the most, for the fastest shot. Uh, way yep. back at the MLL All-Star Game. Um, and then you actually just had an epic athlete and Jared Newman crush that record recently too. But talk a little bit yep. about how you guys orchestrated that um, record-breaking uh, moment with Zach Dorn. Yeah, so so Zach Dorn is is a legend. He's one of my favorite people that I ever come across in life, let alone lacrosse. Um, 
here's a kid out of you know the Chicago, greater Chicago area, Illinois, um, who was you know poised to go play lacrosse in college, and then the financial market crisis. Um, you know, father loses the job. You know, they have to help the family, so he decides not to go to school but gets a job to help support this this great family. Um, and sort of, you know, loses and misses the window to kind of go to school. Um, and he's working for Justin Smith at the Lack Shop, who runs some great stores, you know, in that, in that greater Chicagoland area. Um, and they have this shooting cage. And, and Zach can bring the heat. You know, he was like consistently like 111 um, and, and just, you know, he, he, was, he, was a, he was a great player. So when we came out with our Gen 5, shaft which was a, a pretty significant leap even from our gen 4 uh and otter mesh we sent him samples and he put on the shaft and he put on the otter mesh and he called us up and he's like dude i just dropped 116. now at the time i think the the record was like 112. Mm -hmm. that was that was the world record so we we conjured this idea that we were going to invite guinness to come in and we were going to do this rogue, you know, breaks the world record, launched a Gen 5 shaft and outer mesh. And, and we were sort of scheming on how we can do that. Scheming makes it sound slimy. It wasn't slimy. It was just like, <laughs> hey, how can we get Zach Dorn in front of a camera and get Guinness there? Um, and then Zach sends me a, uh, a screenshot of a Facebook contest that Warrior was going to do at the All-Star game that in the parking lot, they were going to set up this inflatable and you can go there and shoot. And whoever shot the fastest out of all the fans would get invited on the field to shoot with the pros. Mm -hmm. And he's like, should we do it? And I was like, let's go, you know, let's do it. And again, you know, we're the scrappy company, all of our competitors are telling our dealers, carbon fiber is not going to make it. Epic is going to be gone in a year. You know, all the stuff that, you know, all that stuff, that hand-to-hand -hand combat stuff, we had brands that would give better margins to our retailers to keep us out. Like it was, it was scrappy, right? Like it was like this, here's this newcomer out of Minneapolis. Like who, who the hell do they think they are? They're not even in Baltimore, okay. you know? And, and we were like, let's go. So we sent Zach Dorn out and, and there's a great video out there that kind of shows all this stuff. And um, we sent a team with him and he goes and he's got like Chuck Taylor's on. I think he even slips. And he shoots like 110 or something like that. He wins the contest by like 30 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So now like, you know, it's in between then. He gets invited onto the field. And like all the Warrior guys are like, can you take off your epic t-shirt? Can we give you a new shaft? Can you wear this? And he's like, no, this is, this is what I'm wearing. Well, he finally got like pigeonholed that like if he didn't take off his epic t-shirt that he thought like he might not get on the field. That's the way that like they were kind of making him feel. So if you watch the video, his dad... He's got his t-shirt on, you know, the big E and everything else, but he's like, I'm not changing my stick. No way. And, and to the, and, and no fairness, he was using a, um, God, I forget the name of the head, but it was like an Emperor X or something. So he was using a warrior head. So, um, credit where credit's due. Um, but this whole thing was like a grassroots guerrilla marketing effort on Epic. So he goes on the field and, you know, all the players are like cheering him on and, you know, like, you know, players winning a thousand dollar check, you know, mm -hmm. in the lacrosse yeah. is like, it's a pretty big deal. Well, you know, if you looked at the commentary, they're like, oh, we got this fan. And like, you know, it looked like he's from a beer league. Like, you know, kind of like making fun of him and it gets out there and he just drops heat and like ties the world record. 
And it's like, everyone is just stunned. And it's like, oh my God, a fan? And then like, I think everyone realized that this wasn't just a fan mm-hmm. that just walked out of the stands that this was, this, this guy could bring the heat. You know, this is uh, the equivalent of like a driving range pro who could just knock the ball <laughs> 500 yards, but he can't putt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, you know, he had, a, he had a very specific skill. So, you know, all of a sudden, like Twitter starts to blow up and like, and like everyone notices like Epic is getting tagged with Gen 5 and, and everything else. And then he goes out for a second shot. And, and I love the video. I may mean, get the chills when I watch it, but he's, he's like loading up his stick. He actually like drops the ball on the ground and has to re-scoop it. Well, he gets up and he drops, I think he drops 116, which, you know, smashes the record. He wins the check. The players on the field are stunned. And to their point, it was kind of a, a bad, bad look, right? Where you have the world's best players in the all-star game and some guy comes out and, and breaks the world record. I, I don't think they like the optics of it, that huh. they were sort of positioned against this fan. And, and, you know, he was being, you know, he crushed it at 116 miles an hour. Um, so we officially signed Zach Dorn as an athlete, you know, um, so we put out that press release. Uh, and he was just basically saying like, this shaft and this mesh helped me do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made videos and it, and, it, and it sort of blew up and it went really, really rogue. And I, I forget who it was, but like Ad Age Magazine, I think called us up. Um, we never ultimately d- did the article, but it was like in like grass, like guerrilla marketing, like people like that's a really cool story. And uh, I'm internally grateful to Zach for, for trusting us with him, us telling his story. Um, and I'll never forget John Flanagan from Universal Lacrosse, which was a you know multi-store chain in the Jersey area that we've been trying to get him to support us for a very, very long time. And he's like, ah, I just don't have a lot of people coming in. Like, you know, I was always like, come on, John, carry Epic, carry yeah. Epic. He comes the next morning. He's like, James, people are, are looking for Epic. Because, you know, they, they how many people searched their site? Yeah. And it, it was it was a big spot for us to kind of take that jump so it was really fun and thanks for bringing up that story i i love to tell it that's awesome and yeah obviously you went from from zach to to pros right now like matt rambo jules hennenberg so talk about kind of the epic athletes you guys have have under your wing right now and and the role they play we have a, a very sort of uh conscious effort when when we looked at the dynamics of pro lacrosse in the grand scheme of lacrosse we felt that what the NLL um, was doing at the time, there was rumors of, of, you know, of Paul starting his own thing, but nothing was substantiated. We just felt that um, for lacrosse to be legitimized with, you know, beyond the lacrosse community, that pro lacrosse would really have to become professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we felt it happening. Um, you know, what Nick and, and Kevin Morgan were doing over at the NLL, you know, and the new teams and, and everything that was going on there, we felt really, really good about it. Um, we were having conversations with Major League Lacrosse, but felt like there was something else coming that we wanted to just kind of hang out and, and see how, what I was going to adjust. But we really felt that, um, you know, pro lacrosse and, and what affects people buying equipment would start at the top and start to work its way down. Mm-hmm. In contrast to that, what a lot of our competitors do is they use a lot of the sports marketing deals for the colleges, um, which becomes a challenge because although it happens and we think it's slimy and dirty 
and what maybe we'll reserve that for another podcast, <laughs> but like, you're not supposed to show college athletes on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you do the whole, you know, we're ready for the new season to start and you have, you know, all your colleges and they're walking out of the locker room. Like you're not supposed to do that. And, and the complaint, like every time we put out something for UNC, we send it to your compliance officer and they go, yep, good. Go ahead and do that. Same thing. But we want to be able to market, you know, our advertising dollars. Um, so we said, Hey, the pros, there's no rules, right? You go out there and you can, and you can market your pros. So uh, the very first pro that we signed was, was Ryan Banesh and, and Ryan Banesh was tearing it up. Um, you know, we, we had dragonflies in the NLL for a number of years that we either didn't paint them or there's a lot of tape on them and the guys loved them. So it was kind of an easy end. Um, but when, when Matt was, was graduating, um, there were two players that we got that year that we signed. Um, and it was Matt Rambo and Dylan Malloy. They were both Toraton winners. Um, you know, Matt just came off a national championship. So it was a really good pedigree. Um, and, and truthfully, we partnered with Legends Lacrosse. And mm -hmm. uh, I love what Scott Hockstead is doing out there and Rory Doucette, just great guys. And we came together and said, well, if you want to sign with, with STX, you kind of get the Nike deal, right? Mm -hmm. So you get all the apparel. If you sign with Warrior, you get the New Balance deal. But if you signed with Epic, you didn't get the apparel. And if you signed with Legends, you, get, you didn't get the hard goods. So we came together, we talked to these guys and said, hey, here are two like emerging brands um, that are going to lead the market here very quickly. You know, jump on the ship now uh, as opposed to, to later on. Um, and there's also sort of this thing in lacrosse where these guys bounce around. And, and I think that starts to take away your value. Mm -hmm. So these guys wanted to be like Wayne Gretzky always used to say, I don't skate where the puck is. I skate where the puck is going. I think these guys started to realize that let's go to where lacrosse is going. And that's going to be epic. That's going to be legends and things like that. So when we talk to these guys and then if you take like the epic marketing budget and the legends marketing budget, maybe those guys get 10, 15% more because it's shared as opposed to, you know, the max spend that one company is willing to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, we put these, we put these deal together and it was um, that first year it was Dylan uh, Rambo and Heacock. And those were like big names in, 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 in the sport. And um, you know, Dylan and Heacock stayed with the MLL. So we weren't really able to market them because we didn't have the license. Um, and uh, but Rambo went into PLL and then, you know, becomes player of the year, attack of the year, leads the league in scoring um you know uh i got this thing here sorry it's probably bad form to go off camera all right? good all good but he scores yeah. the game winning the game tying game winning game the championship in philly i mean it was like a storybook ending we we came here the next day and i said guys this is never going to happen again <laughs> but literally matt rambo is the best player in the world he scored all these goals game champ like he's all over sports center his name like this is lightning in the bottle um and you know then we've, we've been able to add to that and um but uh, we really took a top-down approach. Pro lacrosse is the future of lacrosse. Mm -hmm. And we want to be there. We want to be there in a big way. And uh, that's going to start to permeate down through the, through the colleges, as you said, with, you know, with, uh, um, we have Army and then this year with Providence and, 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 um, um, and Loyola and, and Limestone, although I'm not sure we announced that yet. But, you know, we have Limestone, breaking news, um, mm -hmm. which is a D2 powerhouse what coach Serino's doing over there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that top-down approach, which includes the pros that we have. 
You know, and I think that's the great approach to, to take. And obviously, you know, we are pro lacrosse talk, so we obviously think very highly of the pro game. Um, let's get to probably the biggest news that we have to reveal on this show is uh, lacrosse playground coming back. Um, so for people that don't know now, pro lacrosse talk, as I mentioned at the top, is now under the lacrosse playground brand. Me and Adam are going to be running lacrosse playground um, from here on out. Um, let's talk a little bit about your involvement with that, James. And, you know, why was it important for you to kind of commit to um, some digital content realm and, and media and, and I guess talk a little bit, of, tell people, you know, how we got connected and where we're planning on taking this thing. Yeah, for sure. We're, uh, we're super excited about this. It's been a long time coming. Um, but listen, the, you know, COVID has been horrible for many reasons, you know, um, the obvious ones on a macro level, uh, but on a micro level, you know, specifically the lacrosse industry, it, it certainly hurt it. Um, but for us as a, as a brand, we decided to, you know, not cry and worry about what's happening, but go out and affect change. And we were able to do a lot of things with our company, whether it was product development, restructuring, um, different initiatives. We felt that this was the perfect time because there was just no business happening for such a long time that this was something we always had in the back of our mind of like, you know, the, the, the digital side of our company, the media side of our company, um, which is probably exclamated by content, right? We have great content, um, but when you go to epicalcross.com, there's a certain expectation and a promise we're making to our customers. And they don't necessarily wanna see highlights and they don't necessarily wanna see, you know, long form gear reviews and all these different things. They wanna go there and learn and and be able to shop, find a dealer and, and everything else. Um, so we always kind of wanted to have this site and, and we've tried some things in the past. Um, we have an Instagram account called I am Epic, which is supposed to be a little bit more playful and a little bit more fun, but managing multiple Instagram accounts for a smaller company is, is, is challenging, right? It's hard to do. Um, but I got a call during the summer from Adam O'Neill and Adam O'Neill with the Alfred Tom uh, Alfred uh, twins uh, Harry and Tom started a lacrosse playground. You know, um, was it 2009? I believe 2009. Yep. Um, and that's right about when we started, um, and we got to know those guys because we used to partner with them a lot. Whether it was on some custom shafts, whether it was on events, um, or they would post some of our stories. We had this really good working relationship with those guys. Uh, so Adam called me up and it was basically like. Hey, I bought back lacrosse playground about a year ago. You know, I, I put some investment into it to get it to where it is, but just from a time suck, I, I just can't get it going. Um, do you know anybody who might be interested? And, you know, I kind of said to him, yeah, let, let me think about it and, and I'll let you know. And um, I got some more information on it, just kind of just to learn more. Um, and then we talked about it at our board level and I said, Hey, we, I have this opportunity here. Um, and you know, I, I'd, I'd like to, to do this and, and we kind of talked about it. Um, and we have a, we have a, a great, uh, great board. Um, uh, one of our board members, his name is Oliver Marty, uh, lacrosse college. Great played with the gate brothers played at Brown with coach towers and, um, you know, played pro with the, in the M I L L for the New York saints, but it ultimately got out of lacrosse and, and went into the hedge funds. And now is uh, back involved and he invests in the PLL and, and he's got a bunch of things that are going on. So he gets lacrosse, right? So it's not like I'm talking to the board where, you know, they were making 
dish detergent and they don't understand lacrosse. <laughs> you know, he kind of got it and, and what that meant. Um, so I, I called you guys um, uh, and, and said, you know, we, we got to know each other because I think you guys reached out to me last year for fantasy lacrosse. Yep. And yep. You guys wanted to be able to give away some heads, right? Is that, is that, that's, that's accurate. Yeah. So we were doing fantasy lacrosse and I remember you, uh, you first DM'd us in the 2019 season with the PLL when we did a, a short pick them for like three weeks, you reached out and said, Hey, we'd love to like, you know, give away a prize. And then, uh, um, we gave away gloves, I think then. And then we talked about doing it again with the NLL and you gave it, we gave away heads and heads until the season ended up ultimately getting shut yeah. down. But, uh, that's kind of where our relationship grew. So when you reached out to us, we were like, okay, cool. Like, let's see what, you know, it was interesting. I don't think we, me and Adam really realized the scope of what you guys yeah. were planning, but, uh, we're really glad you did. <laughs> Yeah, I, I followed you guys and, and, and I like your story. Um, I like how you guys tell the story. Again, we believe that pro lacrosse is, is going to drive the growth of the game down to the youth level. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the namesake, you guys, you know, you guys have it. Um, and we're not, you know, we're not media guys. Um, you know, we're, 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 we build products, um, but we understand the importance of media and content. And just thought, hey, how can we create this platform um, that is going to allow Epic to tell sort of a different side of our brand, mm-hmm. but also have really cool content uh, that from like an editorial and a journalistic standpoint, we have zero involvement with other than just providing a platform. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not looking to put our thumb on something and, and say, you know, every story has to be about Matt Rambo or, you know, mm-hmm. we always have to talk about like, no, this is a a legitimate sort of pro media news site. Um, but there's things that Epic can bring as a, an endemic brand um, that's unique and different um, from a content standpoint, from relationships um, and things of that nature that we can create this really cool space that's, you know, for the community, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that's the one word I keep coming back to. It's like the lacrosse community. Um, somebody has something they want to say, they should have a platform where they can come and, and say it. Um, and that's, so, you know, we started talking and, and I think it's sort of built and changed and pivoted a little bit, yeah. but the, at the, the core tenet of it is this kind of, um, you know, wholly owned subsidiary that's owned by Epic, but Epic's not running it. PLT mm-hmm. is. Yep. No, and we, I, I think the editorial integrity that we've set up to is important too, for us to be able to, to do it justice and do it right. And again, I, I think me and Adam, you know, both being followers of lacrosse playground back in its heyday, we're really excited, not only you know, to bring it back, but to kind of continue the legacy that the Alfreds and Adam O'Neill's kind of started, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to speak with the Alfreds and we're going to have some content uh, on, on them and what, how they kind of formed lacrosse playground initially and where they, you know, saw the vision of it going, yeah. um, coming out soon too. But uh, I guess that, that could be my, my next question is talk to us a little bit about, you know, more in depth about your relationship with them and kind of, you know, where you saw the brand itself in lacrosse playground go and where you hope to see us take it in the future. Yeah, um, you know, the, the three guys, uh, Tommy, uh, Harry, and Adam, you know, I dealt with Tom and Harry the most. Um, I think Adam was more in the background, you know, mm-hmm. getting stuff done and, and doing that, and where Tommy and Harry were more of the face. And, you know, listen, when you're, when you're, lacrosse is a small industry. Um, and when you come out and you're, you know, you're fighting the Nikes of the world and the Reeboks and trying to elbow your, your room in and, you know, Easton's, and then you have the Blue Bloods of Warrior and SDX, like, nobody wants to see a new brand, like, you know, there, there's a lot of sort of competition there, um, and lacrosse isn't a cheap spot uh, sport, because it's so small, 
to advertise, you know, you have to build up your reserves and, and, and be able to do that. Um, uh, Tommy and Harry were, were always good to us. And, and if we had something we wanted to say, uh, they would allow us to say it and, and put it through their, through their platform. Um, but for us, the, you know, our brand and the story of the technology was really critical to us. Um, and lacrosse playground was sort of like that gear side. That's where people went for gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and Instagram came in and sort of took that away where Instagram was like, Hey, here are the cool dyed heads. Here's how you string a pocket. Um, and that long form content of the gear reviews and in-depth analysis kind of went away. Um, mm-hmm. I spent hours on the, on the inside lacrosse forums, yep. you know, looking at different gear and how people strung things and trying to understand that, um, you know, Instagram sort of pulled that away, but we do believe that there is a, um, an opportunity for longer form content. Um, so you know, we believe that there's going to be a, a, you know, some gear portion to this as well as the, the coverage of the pro lacrosse. Um, but Tommy and Alfred were big supporters of, of our starting a brand. And by the way, that's not to say that, that other people weren't, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Terry Foy and his group over at inside lacrosse with Ryan Rabidou were great to us. And, uh, you know, uh, Jeff and Connor at lacrosse all-stars, we had a good relationship. So, it wasn't meant that these guys weren't good and these guys were, um, but, but Tom and Harry were, you know, we could pick up the phone and ask them, they'd make introductions to us for, for dealers and for teams and uh, it's had a really cool relationship with them. I guess, you know, let's talk about uh, uh, what visitors to the site can kind of expect. What, what are your kind of visions of, uh, of the site and, and where it can go from there? Yeah, I think the, um, I think that the simplest comparison to make is, it's kind of going to be like a barstool sports, but for the lacrosse community, mm-hmm. um, a place where you can go and there's, you know, um, maybe it's a little bit more lighthearted in some respects, um, you know, do different types of uh, podcasts we're going to have in our network. Um, you know, maybe it won't be heartbreaking news, but it's going to be that sort of in-depth analysis where we see trends going, um, the style side of the sport, um, Things that's uh, a little more community uh, type based than than you know maybe um, we have now. So I think it's going to be a site where people are going to want to go to often to check in to see what's new and what's different. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I you know we we have so much stuff that we've talked about, and I, and I don't want to let it all out of the bag yet. But it's, <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be cool. And, and you know when I look at it as like PLT being that foundation. Uh, where we are talking about pro lacrosse, whether it's, you know, um, athletes limited or it's, you know, on the women's side, or it's going to be the PLL or the NLL where we can utilize some of our athletes and their friends and other athletes to to give their perspective, kind of like that player's tribune Mm -hmm. uh, type of a point of view. I I think that's going to be really exciting for for players. Um, But I also think that you're starting to see these personalities of these athletes develop. Um, and w- where they sort of shake loose in the storylines that develop as a result of, of these different personalities and, and the personalities of the teams, you know, whether it's, um, you know, the, 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 in the NLL, the, the SEALs, right, in Colorado have distinct different personalities on the mm-hmm. field. Um, the same thing with the Chrome, the Chaos versus the Whips, like, you know, these different, you know, and if you look at adjacent sports, you look at like the NFL or if you look at NHL, these teams have personalities and their players have personalities and their storylines and there's arcs to the season. Um, I think being able to tell that story 
you know, through our site and give a little more of an insight to the, to the consumer um, and even non lacrosse players to kind of go and go, oh, this is what lacrosse is about. This is the culture of the game, the community. This is the vibe it's putting off. Um, I think it's additive to the sport. No, absolutely. And I, we, me and Adam are both excited to be involved because I feel like now too, we can take, um, you know, our coverage to the next level where we are doing, you know, the breaking news and related lacrosse. We're doing the, the analysis, you know, we're doing the breakdowns. Um, but then we can also invite other voices onto the platform too. We can showcase the personalities of these players, uh, these different athletes. I think, you know, lacrosse is starting to become even more inclusive, uh, which I think is great. You know, I had a great conversation with the Alfreds who said that was kind of part of their goal too, is to, to make it more inclusive. Um, and I think we can hopefully continue that legacy. And like you said, just make it a, an overall fun source for people to kind of go to and, and look at the latest highlights, but uh, also get, you know, their, their podcast, get their analysis, um, get their videos, get their stringing tutorials and, and gear reviews. I think we want to bring that back too, because I think there's definitely a, a lack of that right now and a need that, you know, LPG kind of filled um, in the past and it has kind of gone away. So we kind of want to bring that back as well. But uh, yeah, it's been great kind of getting your background. Uh, we again, appreciate you, you having us on board with this uh, platform and we're really excited to, to show everybody, um, you know, going forward. But uh, James, this is awesome. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks guys. Appreciate the time. And I appreciate your hard work and understanding the vision and, and add into the vision and, and growing this thing. And um, listen, it's going to be hard work. It's, it's a competitive environment, but I, I think we have the right people and we have the right vision and everyone that we talk to about it can't wait to get involved. And, and so, so I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys tuning in to our first episode of season three. Again, we shed some, some light on some of the details going forward. Uh, for this launch and uh, again we're excited to bring lacrosse playground back and hope everybody you know checks out the site um, continues to listen to the podcast we're gonna have some more podcasts hopefully joining the platform too in the future plt is still going to be a big part but this is going to be something new as well that me and adam are both excited about so we appreciate everyone tuning in um, so definitely go check out the site guys uh, and then let us know what you guys think and, and what you would like to see from the new lpg uh, but this has been another episode of pro lacrosse talk we thank you guys for tuning in we hope you tune in next time 